Tonight, I want to tell you about the miracle of honey. Honey came into my life when I was just two days old. Fresh from my journey into the world, my grandmother gifted me my very first doll. And later, when I would come to have words, I would name it Honey. Now, Honey, in all my life up until this day, I have never seen another doll like my Honey doll. Honey stood about this tall, plastic head and hands, uh, body that was made out of cloth, checkered yellow and white jumpsuit with a white collar turned up. Hair was a golden shaggy bob, just a little bit below the ears. And its left hand was in the American Sign Language sign for I love you, which I really took a lot of comfort in as I pressed it against my cheek as I would fall asleep as a young child. Now, like most children who have a favorite toy, I was deeply emotionally connected to Honey. Honey was incredibly magical. But Honey's magic was really unique for me because, you see, Honey didn't show up in the world clearly marked male or female. Honey were somewhere in between. And it was in that androgynous nature that Honey was completely free to be anything and everything. And so it didn't matter what the game of the day was, Honey could be front and center, the star of the show. One day, Honey could be the fierce and amazingly strong heroine that rode up and saved the prince. And the very next day could be the gentle man that made tea and cookies for the children. And all the standard gender applied as well. You see, it just did not matter. Honey could be anything, and therefore, by extension, so could I. So Honey was my entire world at that age. But of course, as these things happen, I grew up, and there came a point in time where it was really uncool to play with dolls. <laughs> so Honey, like, you know, ended up on the bed for a little while where I would ignore Honey during the day, and like at night would press his fingers against my cheek and remember what it was like to be a child, you know. But even this, eventually I outgrew, and so Honey ended up in a box, and the box ended up in a closet. And with the passage of time, I forgot. I was more interested in phone calls with my girlfriends and how my clothes looked and you know who was talking to who. And suddenly, the possibilities in the world narrowed a little bit. And I was trying to be a specific thing. I think it was somewhere in my mid-20s, I was hanging out with my small cousins and we were watching Toy Story 2. And I don't know if any of you are familiar with this movie, but there's a scene in that movie where Woody, who's the main character and a doll, is talking to another character, Jesse, who's a doll, and Jesse is telling Woody a very sad story about how once upon a time she was the beloved center of the universe doll for a little girl. But one day that little girl grew up and forsook her and then eventually, like as an adult, discovered her. And just when Jessie thought that they would be reunited, she put her in a box and gave her to a donation center. <laughs> it's actually a pretty touching scene and I was crying. And, <laughs> and I found myself in that moment, like a part of my heart was just completely broken open for the first time remembering in a really long time this friend of mine who had been so important and had taught me so much about the limitless possibilities that we have access to. And 
I was feeling how my friend, who I had forsaken, was probably cold and very angry and very lonely in that corner of the closet where I had left her. And so in that moment, I committed to myself there in front of my five-year-old cousins that I would go and find honey the next time I went <laughs> to my parents' house. And so, true to my word, the next time that I went to my parents' home, I went straight to that closet where I was sure I would left it and went digging around to look for that box and came to the end of the closet and there was no box and there was no honey. And thus began a long quest for honey. <laughs> this took place over many years. Each year I would go home and I would turn over a new part of the house that I hadn't looked and I would ask my parents questions just a little bit deeper. Where was the last time you saw it? <laughs> Confess, I know you got rid of it and you're just not telling me. Um, and every time, no matter where I looked, the outcome was the same. I simply couldn't find honey. But then I finally committed myself to finally clearing out that really big closet in the upstairs room. I mean, this one is a long, narrow closet that everything that gets put in there just gets like stuffed to the back and you never see it again because you actually have to pull everything in front of it out to find it. And so I did. I went in there and I pulled each item out and when I got to the very back I found this giant refrigerator box and when I tipped it over it was chock full of all of the toy trucks and stuffed animals and everything from the, my many brothers and sisters and my childhood and I was like yes this is the moment I've been waiting for so like a child who is having like the most elated Christmas and knows that they're about to find their best gift I started just chucking these toys from behind me and I get to the very bottom of this refrigerator box and even here too, there's no honey. And so there I am with the relics of all of my siblings' childhood strewn about me, sitting and staring at this empty refrigerator box and I feel vanquished. And I don't really want to give up, but I just don't know how to keep going because I feel like I've done everything I can. I've looked everywhere. I have put my parents to an inquisition. Everybody is like over my obsession with this doll. But I am just so forlorn and I don't know what to do. So I just pack everything back into the closet and I go into my childhood bedroom and I lay upon the bed there and my sister who happens to also be home to visit our parents is there and I lay my head on her lap and I tell her from the bottom of my heart how sorry I am to now with the hindsight of an adulthood recognize how foolish it was to be a teen and to forsake this really special being who taught me so much. And I say with the purest of intentions in my heart in that moment, you know, I don't know where Honey went, but I just really wish Honey would come back. And my sister's a really good sister, so she just strokes my hair and she says, I know, sweetheart, don't worry. It's all going to be okay. And so taking what little comfort I could from my sister's reassurance, I packed my bag and I headed back to Portland where I'd been living for many years. And you know what it's like when you go home and visit like your childhood home of origin. A lot of shit comes up. So I called my acupuncturist and I was like, I need to see you. <laughs> and so there I am three years ago on the fall equinox, face down on his acupuncture table, needles all down my back, my face in the uh, headrest. 
and I am having a full body release like none I've ever experienced. I am crying so hard that the snot is literally like <laughs> falling from my nose, creating a pool. Um, and all I can think is, I'm so ashamed and that's totally disgusting, like he's going to have to clean this. <laughs> but I'm just like letting go of like, I don't even know what. And he comes and he lets me off the table and he gives me this little talk, you know, he's like, you really went someplace today. <laughs> altered state, I really highly recommend that you take the rest of the day off and be really gentle with yourself. And like for once I actually listened to him because I actually am feeling quite altered, like I'm feeling pretty similar to some other deeply altered states I've been in. (laughs) And so as I'm leaving his office and I'm shutting the door behind me and I'm about to walk across the road that I just crossed about an hour prior and I see this little yellow blob in the road and I think to myself, God, that looks so much like honey. I'm like, oh my God, you are tripping. Just like, (laughs) let it go, you know? So I I shake it off and I start to walk across the road and as I'm approaching, I'm completely struck dumb to behold that my honey doll a doll unlike any other doll I've ever seen in the world is laying before me in the middle of a Northeast Portland road 3,000 miles away from the last time I had seen it buried in a box that I had put in a closet 10 years prior. And so the child in me, of course, just picks the doll up and clutches it like, you're back! And I'm so excited. And I like look at it and then my adult brain quickly turns on and is like, Lena, that is some child's toy that they just dropped in. <laughs> Do not steal a two-year-old's toy. <laughs> and I'm like, of course, that's so screwed up. You know? So I go to lay Honey back in the road. And you know, Honey and I have a bond, so I've always been able to understand what Honey's saying. Just <laughs> up at me and she's like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) I just ran 3,000 miles to your ass and you're gonna like let me get hit by a truck? (laughs) So I hold hold him and I'm like, no, clearly that's wrong. Like I could never let you get hit. But so there I am standing like some deranged adult woman clutching this tiny dog chest. down the road this way and I look up at the heavens as if like God themselves could like provide me an answer and I do the only reasonable thing that like one could do in a situation like this and I call my mom (laughs) and after explaining the situation to her and saying and telling her the conundrum I'm in she's like Lena take the freaking dog decade about that doll and it shows up on the street the street you're about to cross of all people in the world 3,000 miles away from where you last saw it and you're going to leave it there are you truly going to turn about your back on a real miracle when it arrives in your life so heeding the wisdom of my mother I do I take the doll home and I'm laying there in bed like holding honey to my heart and putting his little I love you hand to my cheek and I am flooded with a cascade of emotions that are really hard to describe what it's like when the magic of the world has been returned to you 
and your sense of connection to the infinite possibilities that are out there and your reunion with your best friend from before you had words that you thought you would never see again. And I'm sitting there looking at this physical manifestation of my pure intention made real in the world, and I'm suddenly swarmed with a very deep vision. And I'm seeing pure, clean, undammed rivers and giant, tall, untouched mountains and forests with intact ecosystems and wild creatures and human families coming back together in a sense of the village returning and all of these amazing, creative, collaborative art pieces that we can make together and all of the children feeling totally held because they have a ton of aunties and uncles and mamas and papas and everybody is working from their purest sense of passion. And I'm looking down at this doll that is a symbol of so much more. And I think to myself, Lena, it's time for you to start using your power to create the world you most want to live in. Oh.